everybody. We are so glad that you have joined us today. So good morning. If you're here in Kernersville, if you're watching, joining us from our Oak Ridge location, or if you're online from wherever you are, we are wrapping up a series today called Keep On Trucking. We've been doing this now for about three weeks. This is week number four. And uh, hey, listen, we gave you a little bit of uh, tiny series swag, a little sticker here. Just as a reminder, we gave you one of these last week. If you weren't here last week, we'll give you one on the way out. If you want another one, you want to stick it on something else, great, great. Just something to remind you about what we're learning together, an encouragement that when you face fear, we've talked about fear, you can keep on trucking. When you face worry, you can keep on trucking. And a reminder about what we're going to talk about today, a dirty word in the Christian church, a dirty word when it comes to Christians in the world, and it shouldn't be that way. You can keep on trucking when you face doubt. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just it's one of those things you don't talk about, especially uh, in the church context very often. If, if you're experiencing doubt, it's one of those things you kind of keep on the down low a little bit because um, unfortunately, you kind of get looked down on from time to time. Oh, oh, you're doubting that? Or you feel like a little isolated. And when you're feeling doubt, you can be very confused. Why am I feeling this way? I believe in God. Why am I feeling this way? I, I mean, I, I shouldn't be struggling with this. And maybe you feel a little bit of shame, a little bit of guilt when you're experiencing doubt. Or maybe you've gone so far as now you've turned cynical because of your doubt. Well, I, I don't know about that, and I don't know about that. Well, maybe it's all just, maybe it's all just made up, and maybe it, none of it's true, and, and you're just at a point where you're ready to quit and walk away. I don't know if you've had this experience or not, but when you have doubts, if you're not careful, it has the potential to stop your progress in your faith journey. And the reason that's so unfortunate is that it doesn't have to be that way. Just like what we've talked about in the series, when it comes to fear, when it comes to worry, it's the same is true with doubt. Doubt does not have to bring your faith journey to a screeching halt. You can keep on trucking in the midst of all of that, even doubt. There is a better way to think about doubt. There is a better way to face your doubts. There is a better way to journey through your doubts, and we're going to talk about it here in the next few minutes. But at First, let me clarify a couple terms, okay? Uh, there's a difference between disbelief and doubt. Disbelief and doubt. And the difference is all about intent. Let me show you. Disbelief is when you're at a point where you're ready to just dismiss God or disregard God. You're just, I'm done. I'm done maybe because of hurt. Uh, maybe you've got anger that you're working through or you're just so confused, you're just ready to walk away from the whole thing and dismiss and disregard God. That's disbelief. That is not what we're talking about today. However, I will say this, so very carefully, if you're experiencing feelings and thoughts of disbelief, faith can survive that too. Good news. That's not the end. Sometimes we go through times like that, but that's not what we're talking about today, even though that's significant. That's disbelief. Doubt, on the other hand, it's a different intent. Doubt is, doubt is when you want to believe, you want to trust, you want to put your faith in, in Jesus, or you want to put your faith in God. You really want to. It's your intention, but you just, you got all these questions, and 
I don't know, man. It's not making sense. And I don't, I don't know. And, and you're so uncertain. You see the difference in intent? Intent of disbelief is just to lay it all aside. There's kind of an edge to it. It's just like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm ready to walk away. And, and then doubt, on the other hand, is like, I really want to. I really want to be a person of faith. I really want to trust. I want to, want to be strong in my faith. I got all these issues. I feel like they're getting in the way. And Sometimes we have doubts when it comes to ourselves, and sometimes we have doubts when it comes to other people. But what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes is doubt as it relates to God. Doubts as it relates to who God is, what God is doing, what God is not doing. All of that in your life, maybe that's where you are. Maybe you've experienced that. And there's all kinds of reasons that we go through doubt. There's all kinds of reasons that we experience doubt. And there's probably a lot more than I'm going to list here. But I kind of summarize. Sometimes we doubt because we don't know. Sometimes we doubt because we don't know what it is we really want to know uh, about who God is, about what God is doing. And we just don't know. And, and because it doesn't, right? It's not computing. And I, I don't know that. And so if you're not careful, you know, it's just normal and natural during those times you'll find yourself in doubt. Or maybe, maybe you think God is like everything you see on social media, right? Because in social media, they said it's in the Bible. I'm sure it's right. I mean, why would you say that's in the Bible if it ain't in the Bible? So I'm sure, right? <laughs> if what you believe about God is determined by what they say about God on social media, then you are going to struggle with doubt on a regular basis because, wow, yeah. If you want to get to know who God is, by the way, and if you want to get to know what God is all about and what God is like, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus, period. Jesus is what God has to say about himself to the world. And so when you don't know, when you don't know things about God that, that you really need to be learning and, and how God works and how God interacts with people, then inevitably you're going to experience doubt. And I've been there. And, and sometimes I'm, I'm there myself. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Another reason we go through times of doubt is when we don't understand what it is we know. It's not that we don't know. We know some things, but we don't understand it. We, we don't understand it. We assume that we always should. Isn't that interesting? As human beings, we assume that we always should be able to understand everything that happens in the world around us or everything that happens to us. And when you're not able to understand, almost immediately you start questioning and you have doubts. And maybe that's what's brought you to doubt. It's just like, no, I see what's happening. I see what's going on. I just don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Why this? Why that? Well, why is this happening in my marriage? Why is this happening in my family? Why is this happening in my job? Why is this happening in my health? Why is this going on in my finances? I just don't understand. Maybe it's just all fake. Maybe it's nothing's true. And I'm just, you know, I just don't know. Sometimes we don't like or agree. In other words, it's not that we don't know. And it's not that we understand. We understand what's going on. We just don't like it. We don't agree. And we assume, this is interesting. We assume we allow ourselves to assume that everything that happens to us should be good. And when something bad happens to us, it starts freaking us out. We, we find ourselves in doubt. It, it, maybe you've never verbalized that. Maybe you've never realized that. But you, it would be interesting to know how many times you just assume that what should happen to you should always be good. Why? Because you're a good person. Doggone it. You pay your taxes. You go to church. You help old ladies cross the street. Not that we have that opportunity much. We don't live in New York City. We drive places instead of walk. But in case out in the country, there's an old lady that needs to cross the street, we'll stop and pull over. We'll stop the cows and come on. Yeah, that kind of person we are. I don't get it. I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? I'm a good person. I'm a good man. I'm a good woman. Yeah, well, we don't like and we don't agree. 
what, what God is doing or what God is allowing? Because if I were God, if you were God, <laughs> yeah, mm, we find ourselves in times of doubt. But here's what I want you to know. Regardless of what has led to your doubt and regardless of what it is you are doubting about or doubting concerning, you need to know this. Doubt is a normal part of a growing faith. It is just normal for someone who has a faith that is in development. It's normal. Normal for every human being and every Christian. Everyone eventually will go through times of doubt. It's just part of the natural process of the faith journey. And maybe no one has ever told you that before, but you need to hear that loud and clear. It is normal. So take a deep breath and just chill. You're not weird. You're not broken more than any of us are. We're all broken, you know, but it's not, you're a lot worse, right? I mean, it's just, not, it's just it. If you're a human being, follower of Jesus even, you're going to have Doubts and just like fear and just like worry, doubt is not the opposite of faith. Doubt, just like fear and just like worry, is an opportunity for greater faith. This is so evident in Jesus' ministry as he interacted with people. Let me just kind of give you some, some things, think about some of the things where I just see this so clearly in the scriptures. I mean, it's just so natural and normal that Jesus would interact with people who were going through doubts and it really didn't, it really wasn't an earth shattering like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? They're having doubts. Like for instance, one day Jesus was ministering in a village in a town and a dad brought his sick son to Jesus so that Jesus could help his sick son. His son was sick physically and even had some spiritual issues. I mean, there was like, he was being influenced and possessed by a demon, which was, wow, weird. And that's a whole different topic for a whole nother day. I mean, in other words, there was issues. And this dad's like, we've tried everything. We, we don't know what to do, Jesus. We brought, so here's my son. We've tried everything. We've taken him to doctors. Doctors don't know. We've done at-home remedies. We've, you know, rubbed essential oil behind his ears. We've, we've done everything we know to do. Nothing wrong with essential oil. I use that kind of stuff too. But I'm just saying, you know. I just made that part up, though. Um, hear Jesus. We don't know what to do. Look what he said. Jesus, have mercy on us and help us if you can. And watch what Jesus said. <laughs> what do you mean? If I can. Anything is possible if a person believes, if a person puts their trust and faith in me. If the focus of your faith is me, there's no telling what might happen. There's no telling what's possible. Anything. You never know. You never know what Jesus might do. You never know what might happen. But isn't it interesting? I identify with this guy so well. I can relate to this, right? So well. I don't know about you, but I can. He's just like, okay, here, Jesus, you help us if you can. I mean, I'm not sure what you can do. I'm not sure if this is going to work. I'm not sure if you can, you know, if you figure, if you've seen this issue before or if you've helped other people, but do what you can. I hope it turns out well. And Jesus said, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? And watch what the dad said. I do believe. Don't get me wrong. I do believe. I just need you to help me overcome my own belief. <laughs> what? He said, I do believe. Can you help me overcome my unbelief? I'm like, yes, I get that. I get that. You ever felt that way? You were like, well, yeah, I believe. I, I believe. I mean, Jesus, you know, down cross, pay for my sins, the Savior of the world. Yeah, I get that. But, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. And I, I just don't know what to do. And maybe, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday. Woo. Yeah, this is great. Oh, this is great. 
this is awesome. Monday, like, I don't know. I'm not sure. But what happened yesterday? Right? It's just like at the same time, this guy's belief, his faith, and his doubt coexisted at the same time in the same place in the same space. Do you get that? You see that? He said, I believe. Yeah, I believe you can. But can you help the parts of me that are still struggling? I get that. It's a normal part of a growing faith. If we read on, you know what Jesus did? Jesus healed his son. Jesus did not go, listen, dude, when you get your act together, come on, come on, come on, come on, don't stop bothering me. You need to go figure this out. You need to go take some faith management classes. You need to go figure this out, read this book. You go to church a little bit longer, you know, listen to some different music or whatever. You, know, you figure that out. When you get your crap together, then you come back and then we'll see. No, he healed his son. Um, here, here's another thing. Have you ever heard of the phrase, um, in fact, I bet you have, even if you're not a church-going kind of person, you've probably heard the phrase or the cliche, doubting Thomas. You ever heard that phrase, doubting Thomas, doubting Thomas? Yeah. Did you know Thomas was a real dude? He had a bad day, a bad moment, and got a nickname. You ever had a bad moment, got a nickname out of it? Middle school, high school, last week. Yeah, I just had a bad moment. And now, and, and now you'll forever be known as, you know, doubting Thomas. And here's what's so unfortunate, because Thomas wasn't the only one that struggled with doubt. I mean, get it, he did. I mean, he did struggle. He had this moment where, okay, Jesus dead, buried, and then Jesus rose again, which is interesting. None of the disciples expected Jesus to rise from the dead. None of the disciples were standing by the tomb going, five, four, three, two, cue the sun, one, woohoo. You know, not, none of them did. None of them. None of them believed that Jesus was going to rise from the dead, even though he told them. They just kind of dismissed it. And even when the women came and told them, hey, Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to us, they go, oh, you're women. What can you know? It's the first century. They disregarded what women said. It's just the way it was back then. And they're like, no, 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 no. And then finally, one day, real soon after that, Jesus appeared physically to the disciples I mean, he had told them, the women had told him, Jesus is going to meet you at the rendezvous point, you know, go here, and then he'll meet you there. Like, sure, but they go anyway. I mean, and Jesus shows up, and he appears to them, and they talk with him, and they interact with him, and they're like, yeah, they, whoa, he's alive. This is incredible. This really happened, except Thomas wasn't there. We're not quite sure why Thomas wasn't there. Maybe he had to go let the dog out. He had some errands to run, or maybe he just called in sick. We're not quite sure why he wasn't there, but he wasn't there. And so they come back to Thomas and they say, Thomas, we saw Jesus. Jesus is alive. And like, he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Woo. I don't know what you guys have been doing. It's, it's, yeah, sure. Right. You know, I won't believe. And Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it. I'll never believe until I see myself. And then not only do I see, I need to touch. I need to touch, put my hands on the wounds. So I know I'm really talking about the same guy that you said you see. And, and, and then what happened? A little bit later on, the disciples were hanging out together and, G and Thomas was there with them and Jesus shows up. And Thomas looks one look at Jesus and he's like, I saw his face, now I'm a believer. Anyway. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Uh, I'm serious, he looked at G G immediately, became a believer, you know, like, I get it, I get it, I get it. He's like, right? But we call him Doubting Thomas, right? It's unfortunate. Here's why. Because he's not the only one of the disciples who doubted. In fact, right before Jesus went back to heaven, he met the disciples one morning, and when they saw him, Matthew was there. He was one of the disciples. 
So he, he, he got this. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Uh, but some of them doubted. Some of them. More than one. And not just Thomas. It was like, and one of them, we know which one. Thomas. No, no, it wasn't that. In fact, I would say by this time, probably Thomas wasn't doubting. He, he had that, you know, maybe he had other doubts, but, you know, Jesus being alive, he was convinced. But some of them, get this, were sitting on the beach with Jesus going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, hey, good morning, Jesus, how you doing? I don't know, I don't know. It's just, it's just so weird. I, so, so doubt, here's what we're learning. Do you have doubts? You're not alone. It's a normal part of a growing faith. It's just a part of it. Let me give you one more example. John the Baptist. Heard that name before? John the Baptist. John the Baptist was not a Baptist. For some of you who have been told, yeah, we go all the way back to John the... No, you don't. That's not where the Baptist came from. I know because I'm a recovering Baptist. I I know about that stuff. I go to BA meetings on Tuesday nights, and so I, I get it, okay? The Baptists come from somewhere else. John the Baptist was called John the Baptist because he baptized people very much like what we just saw a few moments ago. John the Baptist. The purpose for John the Baptist's life on earth, get this, was to be what is called the forerunner of Jesus, to be the one who paved the way for the Messiah, to be the one that went ahead of Jesus and told everybody, that's Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's him. That's him. You've heard about the Messiah. There's one day's coming. That's him. That's him. He's the Messiah. That's the purpose of his life. And then eventually, John the Baptist gets thrown in prison. And I hear tell that when you're in prison, you have a lot of time to think about stuff. So John's thinking about what's happened to him. And the reason he's in prison is because of Jesus and what he's telling people about Jesus. And the Romans want to shut him up. So they throw him in prison. And here's what John the Baptist, one day he was in prison and he heard that Jesus was down the street teaching and he sent word to Jesus a question. John the Baptist asked Jesus, are you, are you the Messiah? We've been expecting or um, should we keep looking for somebody else? Would you let that sink in? The dudes who's purpose in life was to tell people Jesus is the one is now going, are you the one? Come on now. You're straight with me. No joshing. You're the one? Because I'm in prison because of you. And they're probably going to kill me. And I'm not going to die for a phony. I'm not going to die for a fake. So if you're not the one, if you let me know, I'll change my tune and I'll get the heck out of Dodge. what Jesus said. I tell you the truth. He turned to the crowd he was teaching. Of all who've ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Notice what Jesus didn't say. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Can you believe John? What happened to John? Poor John. I guess he wasn't really a Christian after all. Oh, John, how embarrassing. You know, and and guys, we're cousins. Jesus and John, they're cousins, and we're not He's not coming for Christmas. <laughs> We're, not. We're done. We're done. We're so done. I mean, it's so embarrassing. So, no, none of that. Jesus actually bragged on him. 
He's one of the greatest men. Not the greatest man. Greatest man that's ever, ever, ever walked the earth. What? I mean, that's a high compliment. Jesus bragged on him in his doubt. Now, here, here's what this helps us understand. That this whole idea and this thing of, well, I know it's a doubt. I know it's a sin to doubt. I know I shouldn't doubt because it's a sin. It's a sin to doubt. I'm like, where are you getting that? Not a sin to doubt. No more than it's a sin to experience worry or to experience fear. Like we talked about the last couple of weeks. We, we like to take this sin label and throw it on all that kinds of stuff. Like I said, coming up later on this spring, we're going to do a series where we talk about that. And we're going to try to help each other you know, do better with that. And there's a better way to see that and understand that. But the doubt's not a sin. God's not mad at you because you experience doubt. God's not even offended by your doubt. God's not going, what can I do? I mean, the doubt. I mean, uh, no, it's a very normal thing to experience doubt as a human being when you face something difficult or when you face great tests or trials or difficulties in life or you attempt something great. Jesus couldn't come down hard on doubt. He helped people journey through doubt. In fact, and I don't have time to really unpack this big, but let me just mention it. Do you know that one of the greatest teaching techniques of teachers and communicators is to teach by asking questions? And Jesus asked tons of questions. Some questions he asked, he never answered. He just wanted people to think and to ponder and to to find their way into the answers by learning and, and all this kind of stuff. And when you ask a lot of questions in a teaching and a communicating situation, if you're in school education, you know this, right? If you're an educator, you ask questions and just kind of let that dangle out there. And what it does in the pupils' minds and the student minds, it makes them start questioning and doubting what they thought they thought. Well, I'm not sure. Now that you ask, I'm not sure. Maybe I got this. Well, see, it, it actually, you actually cause doubt. You actually sow seeds of doubt. The mind opens up and you can consider what is true. You learn. So it's a genius, genius tool. Again, it's just another way to illustrate the doubt is a very normal part of a growing faith. Doubt is not about weak faith. It's about developing faith. The great men and women of faith Throughout history, we're not great and men and women of faith because they, for some reason, had an absence of doubt. No, they were great men and women of faith because they journeyed through the presence of their doubt. You often have to wrestle with doubt to arrive at a stronger faith. Know that. Some of you have some big questions and you have some great uncertainties you're wrestling through. That's okay. I would say that's a normal part. Jesus would say, that's a normal part. You journey through that to a stronger and greater faith. There's no need to freak out. Hey, parents, let me help you real quick. If you're a mom and dad of an adolescent, and and by adolescence, uh, you know, a teenager and on in through like the mid-20s, and I know they keep changing those, they keep changing that, it keeps getting broader. I think think pretty soon it'll start at age two and go through 30, (laughs) right? That's adolescence. Right? Or maybe that's just going to be all of life. You're an adolescence and then you're dead. I, I don't know. But right now, it's like if you're a teenager or all the way through like the mid-20s, it's like where the current, you know, and there's all kinds of psychological and sociological reasons for that. And it's way above my pay grade, but I just know that's what it is. And so when you have a child in that season of life, it's very normal for them to experience doubts in regards to God, in regards to their faith. Because see, when they're little, when kids are little in the elementary age, it's a very beautiful thing. They have mom and dad's faith. They have grandma and granddad's faith. They have the faith of their family. And that's a beautiful thing. It's the way it's supposed to be. Well, it's what mom and dad says. This is the way it is. I mean, why not? 
I mean, it's what mom and dad says. Mom and dad would never tell me something that's not absolutely correct, right? Because I know they're not perfect, but they're not going to lie to me, right? So if mom and dad says this is what it is, and that's the way it is. And so that's a very beautiful, normal, natural, innocent thing. But eventually they become inquisitive to the point where they're asking questions. I don't, I don't know about this, and I don't know about this, and I know this is what I've always been taught, but... What about that? What about this? What about that? What about that over there? And what about this situation? And and then they have doubts. And often parents, when that begins to happen to your children, you begin to get a little, oh, what's happening? Oh, no, 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 no. I had them in church, doggone it. I had them in church. I made, I got their butt there. They shouldn't be, you know. Hey, chill, 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 chill. It's normal. It's normal. Because here's the deal. Your children need to own their faith. They need to own their faith. It is not enough for them to just have your faith. You get to the point where you have to own your own faith. And a process of owning your faith begins with questioning and doubting often what you were always told was true. And so that you can know what you believe and why you believe it. It's not enough to just know what you believe. You ought to know why you believe what you believe. And that comes through that process. And our faith is robust enough to handle the questions and the doubt. So just relax. It's okay. Journey with them. Journey with them. Journey with them. Go with it. Go with it. Go with it. And help them arrive at a stronger faith. Even though they may go through long periods of doubt. And even dabble into disbelief. Because that can be kind of cool, right? For a while, you'd be kind of like, well, I don't believe in nothing, you know, except themselves. And that's another thing. But just hang with it. Hang with it. Or maybe you're the kind of person that says, well, listen, I I appreciate that. I have a lot of doubts and I appreciate what you're saying. It helps me not feel so bad about what I'm going through. But here's my plan. I'm going to get all my doubts settled, all of my doubts. I'm going to get all my questions answered and all my doubts settled. And once I get all the doubts settled and all my questions answered, then I'll follow Jesus. Then I'll get serious about my faith. Then I'll take the next step. That's my plan. Well, good luck with that. Because you'll never get all your questions answered. Not on this side of heaven. And you'll never get to the point where you never, ever have a doubt. I mean, there may be some things that you once doubted, now you don't doubt. But eventually, you're going you're gonna to doubt something else. If you journey with Jesus long enough, far enough, deep enough, and go through something difficult enough, eventually, just like you're going to experience fear, you will experience worry. We talked about last week. Eventually, you will have some doubts. Doubts will come and go. You keep going through them. You don't wait until they go away. You, you bring them with you and keep going with it. You keep trucking. You say, well, pastor, do you have doubts? I sure do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to take some time and tell you what they are. You freak you out. Yeah, I got doubts. I got doubts about life. I have doubts about the Bible. Some things I read in the Bible, and there's some doubts I struggle with when it comes to God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're like, well, this is it. I got to find a new church. I got a pastor who's doubting. <laughs> Okay, fine, that's cool. Here's the way I see it. You can attend a church that has a pastor that tells you that they have doubts, or you can attend a church that has a pastor. (laughs) All right. And they just don't tell you. Because we all have doubts. Here's what I have learned. I've learned that the greatest lessons and the greatest times of growth and development in my journey with God, in my own personal journey with Jesus, because remember, remember, I'm a follower of Jesus first before I'm a pastor. The greatest times of my growth and development have come out of periods of doubt and question. And I don't know, and I don't know, and I don't, I don't know. And I thought I knew, and then I saw what this family went through, and I'm like, God, how do you, what, what, what? And then what, oh, no, maybe it's just, oh, no, I don't, yeah. Yeah, it's just a normal part 
of a growing faith. In fact, I would say I've learned that doubt is great fertilizer for a strong faith. It just is. It's just part of it. So, question. What do you do when you doubt? Here's what you do. I don't, it doesn't matter what you're doubting about, doubting over. Here's what you do. First of all, ask questions. Lots of questions. Dig, research, have conversations. More than one. I mean, don't just Google it. Talk to people. Talk to people who have journeyed through the same kind of doubts. Talk to people who can have you, who help you work through this kind of stuff. Ask questions. Questions are not scary. Questions are actually very helpful. It's better to ask questions than to just assume what you think is the way it is and continue to doubt. Ask questions. And then, learn from the questions. Make changes according to what you've learned and decide to grow through it. Yeah. You learn, change, you grow. Learn, change, you grow. That's what you do. Don't assume you know it all. Don't assume that you got it all figured out. No, you, you, you learn, change, and grow. Because you may discover, as you ask questions and you learn, you may discover that you, you've been operating off of false assumptions, false beliefs, false expectations even. You may learn that there are some new truths about God that you didn't know before. Or you, you have a clearer understanding of an old truth, something that you believe, but you never quite understood. You believed it was true, but you never understood quite why it worked and that, why it was that way. Maybe you didn't grow in your understanding there. Then as you learn and make changes and grow, begin to make progress. You see, it's very important to understand that some things need to be doubted in order to be corrected. It's actually good to doubt some things so that you can have a better understanding of them. And so that's the process. Ask questions and we're learning and we're changing and we're growing and ultimately it leads you to a point of trust because that's faith. That, that's the next step in your faith journey that, yeah, there's some things that I don't know <laughs> and I'm gonna ask questions and I'm gonna learn and change and grow but ultimately, I'm going to continue to trust because I can't expect to know everything. And yeah, there's some things I don't understand and it makes me doubt, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask questions so I can learn and make changes and grow. But ultimately, I have to decide to put my trust in Jesus because I can't expect to understand everything. I mean, I'm not God. You're not God. We're not God. And you know what? And there's some things that happen I just don't like and I don't agree and yeah, I'd like to think if I was God, I would do things differently, but I'm not God. And even though I don't like it and I don't agree, it doesn't change it. So I need to ask questions. I need to learn, make, make adjustments and changes and grow. And ultimately, I've got to learn to trust. Yeah. And the, and the good news is, is that the more you do that, the better you get at it. The, the more you, it, 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 again, very much like fear, very much like worry. The more you do that and learn to trust through it, the better you get at it. And ultimately, that's how you keep on trucking. With your doubts, through your doubts, in spite of your doubts. Right? Yeah. So, you have fear? Yeah. Yeah, how about worry? We were talking about worry last week. Well, last week I wasn't worried, and then something happened this week, and now I'm worried. Okay, okay, that's cool. Doubt? You got doubts? Oh, yeah. You can bring your fears 
your worries and your doubts with you and keep on trucking. They do not have to stop you. They do not have to bring your faith journey to a screeching halt. You don't need to feel ashamed. You don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to go underground with all of that stuff. No, you just honest. Look at straight in the eye and say, this is where I am at this point in my faith journey. And I'm ready to take my next step. Learning what it means to grow in my faith with all of my fears, with all of my worries, and with all of my doubts. Faith is strong enough to weather all of that. So my prayer for you and my encouragement to you is you would simply decide with your focus on Jesus, not a situation, but on a person, to simply keep on trucking. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this because I, I, need, I need this. Thank you for patiently teaching us as we face doubts as human beings we want to know answers to things that we can't know answers to so we doubt or, or we disagree or we don't like things or we get frustrated because of our doubts Lord I, I don't know what my brothers and sisters are experiencing when it comes to their doubts and what's led them to doubts or what they're doubting but you know all about that and you just simply ask us to come to you with all of it. And you will meet us right there. And just like you didn't give that dad a hard time for expressing belief and doubt at the same time. And you didn't give Thomas a hard time. And you didn't embarrass John the Baptist. You're, you're not going to push us away because of our doubts. In fact, you want us to discover just how close you are to us and your presence in our lives, even in the midst of our doubts. So we bring our fears and our worries and our doubts to you as best we can. And Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you, not a situation, not a feeling, not any other human being, but keeping our eyes focused on you, the focus of our faith. And with your grace and your help and your strength, we can keep on trucking. In Jesus' name, amen.